Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. I was in the prayer room praying this morning, and I seen I seen a mother getting a child out of the vehicle, straightening their clothes, putting them on their hip, walking into church. And something came over me, just a spirit of gratitude. And I just want to say to every mom and daddy, thank you for getting your kids dressed this morning. Thank you for coming to church and bringing them in an atmosphere that has the potential to literally change their lives forever. I want you to do this for me. All of us, our kids are technically grown and gone. Got one on the keyboard today that I've got about, how many more days? 47 more days until they're going to move in and live with us happily ever after. Not really. But I want us, would you just give a hand clap of appreciation to every single mom, single dad, married mother and father. You brought your kids to church today. You are the reason we exist today to bring Christ to a lost and a dying world. Thank you for being an example. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, everybody say, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof. All of this is really good preaching material in case you're wondering. But I'm all, it's not even... In the, in the landscape of what I will preach. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Verse number 5 is where I will launch today then everybody say the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them but Jonah everybody say but Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. With the help of the Lord today, I want to preach from my heart to every single soul under the sound of my voice and reach for you. 
with this simple, simple text. Keep the wares. Keep the wares. Father, I come before you and I'm asking God that you would help me deliver the word without fear, without reservation, without any consideration other than what your spirit has given to me. I'm asking you today to help me help this great group of people. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody's saying amen. You may be seated if you won't sit down today on what God's about to say. There was a debate, it's called the Jonah debate, between an atheist teacher and a student. The teacher, which let me remind you, was an atheist, said this to the student. The story about Jonah is not true. Emphatically, the student replied, yes, it is. The teacher would say, how do you know? The student said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. And the teacher said, what if Jonah is not there? And what if he's in hell? And the student wittingly said, well, then you ask him. I'm glad that the story of Jonah is real today. Today, I want to, with the help of the Lord, bring a fresh look to an old story. If you walk down our hallway right behind me, on the right-hand side, after you pass one painted illustration of Jesus walking on the water, there's a, a campfire scene with some fishes being uh, roasted. And then you're going to see a huge fish that Sister Rhonda and Sister Mays and Sister Paula, I think, were uh, these three ladies were creative in this attempt to give us the imagery of an old story of Jonah. And we often say, oh well. I have a hard time relating to Jonah because when I think of him being swallowed by a fish, that just kind of blows my mind when I think about it. Because Jonah, even is in his disobedience, even in his running and waywardness, the Bible would say in verse 17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. But if you put the two chapters together and go to chapter 2 verse 1, the first three words get me. I'm telling you, when I read it last night, it got me afresh. Then Jonah prayed. How does it take someone so hard-headed and selfish three days and three nights to start to pray in the belly of a fish? I don't know about you, but I think the moment my feet or my body would have hit the water, I would have started praying or, or maybe even on the deck of the ship. I, I'm not really sure, but uh, there, there really can't be that much going on in the belly of a fish. Would he, uh, should not on, on minute number one, minute number two, as uh, he was being digested into the belly, he should have been screaming for help saying, God, save me. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. But it took three days and three nights before the recognition 
you know what, I, I better start praying. I better start asking God for help. I'm sure I'm not preaching to anyone in this room or you don't know anyone in this room that has been through so much hell that you're wondering how much more can they go through before they surrender to God. How much more, how many more bellies of the, how many more nights can they toss and turn and be miserable before they start calling out to God? I want to preach to you this morning. I'm not going to necessarily preach about Jonah and Joppa. I'm not going to talk about the fish too much. I'm not going to talk about really Nineveh. The whole purpose of the story of redemption. I'm not going to talk about the worm if you keep reading or the gourd. That's your homework assignment. But what I want to preach to you is when you remove all of those elements from the story, there in the middle of the story, I've never seen it, I've read it, never let it get into my heart and, and really minister to me like it did last night. And it provoked the question that deserves an answer. How do we survive the storms of life? There comes a time in every one of our lives uh, that we've got to settle the direction of our life. The focus of your future must be settled. I remember as a teenager, the question would be asked at a very early age, even in elementary school, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What, what, what's going to happen in your life? Some of you, when you were in elementary school, you said you were going to be a fireman. The next day, you were going to be a policeman. Well, somebody in this room said, I'm going to be a cowboy. Or I'm going to be a doctor. Maybe you said a lawyer. God help, I hope somebody in this room is going to be this next. The next thing I say, a president of the United States of America. God knows we need one. Whatever influences us that day or today was what we wanted to be. I said, whatever influenced us. Maybe it was a kid standing next to you said, I want to be a policeman. Then you said, I want to be a policeman. Or the next one said, I want to be a nurse. And then you said, I want to be a nurse. But there comes a time in life when we must decide what we will be. You must set that course. You must set all the fantasies aside. You can't be everything that you, you can't be everything all at the same time, but you can decide on what you're going to do and what you're going to be. You can't master all things. If you choose to be the jack of all trades, you will be the master of none. Can I get a witness in this house? You must settle on your values. If there's ever been a day that we need a settling of our values, it's today. Can I get an amen? We better settle our values. How about our priorities? How about our goals? How about our principles? For the sake of this message, I want to call these values and principles wares. But the Bible says in Jonah chapter 1 verse 5, Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them, of the wares. 
And so I said, what is wares? Do your own, do your own study on this. Wares can be described in commentary as cargo, or utensils, or implements. Let me, let me say it like this. What about weaponry? I'm sure there was some weaponry on the, on the bow of that boat. It was their ability to fight on stormy seas and against predators and those that would oppose the ship that was sailing. What about instruments and tools of labor and equipment, furniture? I don't know what all was on this ship going to Tarshish. But let me safely summarize and help you this morning and say it like this. Your wares are what make you, you. It's what we get when we meet each other. When I shake your hand, I'm introduced to your wares. When I'm, in your t- when I'm near you or, or, or I'm in the vehicle or I'm, I'm in the same room with you, I'm introduced to your wares. Your wares represent you as an individual. You are literally a living warehouse. Your walk in this life, your trouble, your pain, your morals, your values, your dedication, your family, your goals, your reputation, your integrity, your character, and your convictions. The total of all of these things, your wares reveal who you really are. careful we'd better be careful in all of our decisions because decisions fill up our warehouse you better be careful who you're choosing as a spouse you better be careful choosing whom you will serve you better be careful choosing a job but whatever it is we need to settle on how we will be identified You must choose your identity, your country, your state, your city, your employment, your mate, your convictions, your church, your pastor, all bundled up and packaged, and that's who you are. It's your wares. Where's Tarshish? The Hebrew name for the type of cargo ship fitted for long sea voyages because the ships of Tarshish carried great riches they became symbols of wealth power and pride when God judged the nations for their sinful ways he destroyed their ships of Tarshish to humble them and to demonstrate his great power read it in 2nd Chronicles 20 35 through 37 and Isaiah 2 16 and 17 so we have our wares all that we really are in a package. We have our journey to heaven, eternity with God. But now what do we do with the storms of life? When you read this story, you can't help but notice that Jonah bought a ticket on a ship to Tarshish. No doubt it was carrying precious jewels and precious commodities that was on its way to its destination. They were sailing there with or without Jonah. Jonah was not the reason for the journey to Tarshish. It was on a mission. It was going regardless of Jonah. Let me say it like this. The wares was the reason for the journey. 
I said the wares was the reason for the journey. All the riches, all the implements, all the instruments, all of the furniture, all of the wealth. Everything that was on that ship was not there because Jonah wanted to take a trip. The journey required the wares. They did not load this ship with Jonah in mind. They did not hire staff with Jonah in mind. But because they heard Jonah was coming. They were going to Tarshish because of the cargo. They just figured out in the journey when the storm happened, uh, there's something going wrong right here. There's a storm. We've never faced a storm like this. There's something going on. And when storms come unannounced, it wasn't on a radar. It wasn't, you know, predictable. It wasn't raining per se when they left the harbor going to Tarshish. But listen at what the mariners did. But the Lord sent out a great wind and there was a great mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. The storm they were in was not brought on by the ships and those that were riding the ship outside of Jonah's own deeds. It was no fault for the for the crewmen. It was no it was no fault of the mariners. They were a victim of somebody else's decisions. They were caught up in somebody else's storms. But whether of your own making or not, storms will come. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody right now in this house. You're sitting and you're thinking, where, how, what happened? How did I end up where I'm at? What did I do so wrong to end up in this storm? I feel like my ship is breaking in two. And I pose this question to you. What will you do when your ship is about to be broken? What will you do when wars are on every side? Hell is coming against you. Future plans are frustrated. Your goals have been suspended. And your hopes are being dashed. How will you respond? The mariner's response is what I want to talk to us about. Then the mariners were afraid. They got scared. They let fear take over. And they cried every man unto his God. Obviously, they did not serve. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. They cast forth the wares. But what you and I have got to understand, Jonah did not care about the storm. Jonah did not care. Let, let me just, Jonah was asleep in the middle of the storm. Jonah was down in the bottom of the ship. These men were frantic and afraid by the wind and the waves being tossed to and fro. Jonah didn't care about the storm. Jonah didn't care about the mariners. Jonah didn't even care about their direction just as long as he didn't have to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't care about the problem that was at hand. He was so selfish. He was so self-centered. To Jonah, it was all about Jonah. It was about his will, his desires, his motive, him being uncomfortable in the presence of God. But it was because of Jonah that wares were being tossed into the sea. It was to make Jonah comfortable and all the cargo was lost. All the wares were lost. All of the purpose was lost. Even the, the, the whole purpose of the journey was lost. 
to make one man comfortable. The mistake we often overcome, we were overcome by reading the story of the fish and the, and the three-day journey in, in Nineveh. When I look at the mistake the mariners made, it was when they threw the cargo over to accommodate Jonah. They sacrificed the reason for the voyage on a person running from God. We all have Jonas in our lives. I'm going to say that again because I'm fixing to come home with this message and I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to sweep in here. And if you allow it, God wants to do something miraculous too often in order not to offend the Jonas in our life. In order to make Jonah feel at ease from running from God, we throw away our convictions we toss away our standards. We forget our morality. We lose our purity. We compromise our values. We mar our character. We kick aside our integrity. And we water down our doctrine. My prayer didn't get answered like I wanted to. So I'm going to throw away my prayer life. An emotional storm rocked my spirit. So I'm going to throw my walk with God overboard. We... We are facing an attack on our finances. Uh, let me just quit paying my tithes and my offerings. I can't make this marriage work, so I'm going to throw our relationship overboard. Pastor and I got crossways, and I'm just going to throw away anointed leadership out of my life. It's just too hard to live for God, so I'm just going to throw salvation overboard. I wept as people have told me we don't want to force God on our kids so we're going to stop coming. And We throw our children overboard in the process. The problem was not the weight of the cargo. I'm going to say that again. The problem was not the weight of the cargo. It was Jonah being out of the will of God. Hear me in the Holy Ghost Sanctuary Community Church. Your ship does not need to be lighter. I said your ship doesn't need to be lighter. Your ship just needs to be heading in the right direction. You need to make up in your mind, I'm going to keep the wares on my ship. I'm not going to toss away the things that are precious to me in my act of rebellion, in my acts of selfishness. Your ship doesn't need to be lighter. You don't need a new husband. You don't need a new wife. You've got one. You just need to buckle in and say, I'm submitting my will to the will of God. I'm submitting my way to what he's calling me to do. Don't you listen to that lie of hell. Don't you listen to what the mariner's mistake was. Get ready. Let's make the ship lighter. Let's throw away convictions. Let's throw away separation. Let's throw away Jesus' name, baptism. Let's throw away baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost.
When you start throwing things overboard, you're going to lose the reason for the journey. Why was you even saved, Brother Jeff? Why did God bring you into this truth? It wasn't just to get halfway in and start throwing stuff away. When things got tough, things got... I feel like quoting the old song. I'm on my way to heaven and the journey gets sweeter every day. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I've got to make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts me and he tries to turn me around. I've come too far to start throwing away the wares. I've come too far to start throwing away what God's done in my life. You can't lose the reason for the journey. We're going to Tarshish because of the wares. I said, I'm going to heaven because of the wares. I'm not going to Tarshish because of Jonah. I'm not going to heaven because of you. I'm going to heaven because of what he did for me. I'm going to heaven because of the price he paid for me. We can't make the same mistake those mariners made. We've got to keep the wares. Remember, Jonah, the one you're trying to make comfortable is running from God. I'm going to say that again. The one we're trying to make comfortable is running from God. Why is it we spend so much time and energy Trying to make someone so comfortable that's running from God. Doing and going the opposite. It has no motive, no right motive, no intention. They're just trying to get out of the presence of God. They're trying to run. But the first thing, what the first time a storm comes, Brother Josh, the easy thing to do. Well, I must be doing something wrong. I'm gonna quit doing this. I'm gonna go. I'm going to get rid of this. and I'm gonna... When the storm comes, you need to do inventory. And you need to say, I've been praying, but I'm going to keep praying. I've been reading my Bible, and I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I've been faithful, and I'm going to continue to be faithful. I've been paying my tithes, and I'm going to keep paying my tithes. I'm going to be involved, and I'm going to keep being involved. you got to hang on to your cargo. you got to hang on to your wares. I've seen too many people try to please Jonah with cargo floating all around. I'm going to say it again. I've seen too many families, and I'm preaching with a heavy, a heavy burden and anointing right now, that there are too many families trying to please Jonah. Cargo floating all around. Commitment floating around. You're seeking, and it's being lost forever. All for Jonah. A man who despised the presence of the Lord. Do you know? I've read the story. I've flipped over a couple chapters and I've read the story. Jonah will be okay. The selfish individual will be okay because he's going to repent. He'll go on and preach a message that he later regrets to the people of Nineveh. 
But what we fail to realize, where are the wares? The mariners did not count the cost of what they were throwing overboard. They did not count the cost of the wares. They had lost it all. They had lost their purpose for even while the journey even existed. They lost it all in order to save Jonah. What do they do now? Do they go on to Tarshish? Do they go back to Joppa? Let me tell you where most people get when storms come and you throw away the wares. The hardest thing for you to do is walk back in those doors when you make selfish decisions and you make selfish choices. The hardest thing you'll do. Why? Because if you get rid of the wares, you have no reason to go on. The wares justify your journey. And the enemy will play games. How am I going to go back there when I've quit doing all that I know I should be doing? How can I go in fellowship? And, how, and that's the game the enemy will play with you. And that's the danger of throwing away the where. I've got too many on my prayer list right now that I'm praying. And if I go and summarize the whole situation, it's not this, it's not that, it's not this. It's all they threw away their where. Threw away, and so now they're left with the ripple effect of a decision. I decided this and made this decision a long time ago. I'm faithful first and foremost because I love God. I love this church, but I love God more than I do this church. I think sometimes we get a relationship with the building, but we, we, we fail in our relationship with the God of the building. You've got to be faithful first and foremost because you love God. I also will add this because I love God because I have a family. I've got friends. I've got precious saints. I've got a church. I've got a world that is searching for what I have. And if I throw away the way, when they come looking, when they come searching, when they come hungry, where will I be? I will not be the person that I was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, or 12 years ago. There's somebody depending on you to keep your wares. I said there's somebody depending on you to keep your morals and your values, your service to God, your dedication, your integrity, your character, convictions, and your devotion. Oh, whether you acknowledge it or not, people are watching you. I said people are watching you. But wait. Don't we need to throw some stuff over? Yeah, you do. But not your wares. You need to go down in the bottom of that ship today and you need to get a hold of that old reprobate Jonah who can't stand the presence of God and toss Mr. Selfish 
Mr. Follow the Flesh, Mr. Do It My Way, and say, you know what? Today, this battle is over. I'm throwing Jonah overboard, but I'm not throwing my wares over. We got too many throwing the wrong stuff overboard. We've got too many throwing the wrong stuff into the sea that can never be recovered. But hear me, the Jonah in your life doesn't care about your wares. The Jonah doesn't care about morals or values. It doesn't care about dedication and devotion. It doesn't care about family and reputation. Jonah is all about Jonah. Your integrity still matters. Your character and conviction still matter. Your relationship with God still matters. Keep the wares. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Musicians come. I'm preaching to a heart right now. You're cold and calloused. cold and calloused because you threw the wares overboard. You sit here but you're unmoved. You come into an apostolic service but it's the look of death upon your face. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no contentment. There's no purpose. The atmosphere in your home right now, you could literally cut it with a knife. Selfishness has taken over. Stubbornness has ruled and reigned to a point that there's no harmony. There's no peace. And the storm is raging. What do you do when the storms come? What do you do when the waves are lashing, Pastor? Before you throw a wear over, you better do some self-inventory. You better ask yourself, am I being selfish? Is there someone connected to me, influencing me, to cause me to act and behave the way I'm acting? Because I've come to tell you with a loud call, Keep the wares. Don't make the mistake the mariners made. I just wonder what happened when the ship finally made it to sea or made it to the port. Those that were waiting on the cargo, waiting on the arrival of the goods that had been ordered, and the mariners had to explain. In the middle of the journey, the storm got so bad. We had to just throw everything overboard. All the things you had waited on, all the things you had prepared for, they're in the bottom of the ocean. How did the storm, how did the storm cease? How did you make it here? You won't believe this. There was this dude sleeping down in the bottom of the boat. We didn't even think to check the boat. We knew he wasn't part of the crew, but we never dreamed or imagined he was the cause of what was going on. We threw him overboard and storm ceased. Waves calmed. And we were able to make it into the shore. 
I'm sure an innocent bystander standing on the port of Tarshish was probably thinking, you idiots, why didn't y'all start with the dude? Why didn't y'all do an inventory check to see if there was somebody on this ship? See if there was a root cause, there was, see if there was anything out of character going on on the ship that they didn't do that. They lost all of their cargo to the last thing that was on the ship that was unfamiliar was Jonah. If I could preach to a mom and a daddy, the first thing you need to check in the midst of a storm is the unfamiliar. Don't throw away the familiar. Don't throw away the things you know to do right. It's that unfamiliar. That unfamiliar. I can't put my finger on it, but something's going on. Who you've been hanging around, what you've been watching, what you've been listening to. Let me do inventory of your room. Let me look at your cell phone. Why are you talking back like you're talking? Why are you having thoughts the way you're having thoughts? Why are you distant the way you're distant? It's the unfamiliar that you need to go far, not your wares. Cast the unfamiliar overboard and let God handle that. But when you throw, I know I'm driving this home, but when you throw away consecration, when you throw away faithfulness, when you throw away prayer, when you throw away fasting and Bible reading, when you throw about throw away involvement, morals, values, dedication, devotion, your family, your reputation, your integrity, character, what do you really have when it's all said and done? Well, I still got Jonah, but you got something that's running from God. You've got something out of the will of God. So I say to a man and a woman, I say to families, there's a man here today, you need to tell your wife, you want to commit again. I commit to this marriage. There's a lady in here, you need to, you need to come to this altar in a few moments and you need to say to your husband, I'm committing again to this relationship. There's a mother and a father. You need to tell your kids, I love you again. There's multiple in this room. You need to renew your vows to God and rekindle your convictions. Hold on to your wares. Storms will come, but no storm lasts forever. Jonah's will come and Jonah's will go. You've got to make a decision as you stand to your feet. I'm going to hold on to the wares. <laughs> I carry such a heaviness in my heart right now. You need to evaluate every relationship you have right now. You need to evaluate every voice that's speaking into your spirit.
Have they caused me or have I allowed their influence to cast over aware? Well, nobody will see me do it. Nobody really cares. The Bible describes it like this. It's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's the little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. It's what we think is so innocent that has a way of coming and destroying the purpose of our journey. Can we lift our hands all over this place, these altars? You already know they're open. Somebody needs to step out of their seat today with an attitude of, I'm holding, I'm making a fresh commitment to my wares. I will not let my wares be thrown overboard.